Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 38, verse 24. Genesis 38, 24. Let's go. All right. So Judah had some sons. Two of them died while married to his daughter-in-law. So he's like, uh, I don't want my third son to marry you. So you're just going to have to wait on that, right? He was probably afraid of her. Some thinking she you know, spiked their drink or their food or she cursed them or something. But, you know, if two of your sons were married to the same person and died, you'd probably be a little afraid. And, and he was. Um, so he said no. So she dressed up like a prostitute, put on her uh, wedding attire, which is what prostitutes wore in that day. And she ended up having relations with her father-in-law. And that's where we are right now. So verse 24, and it came to pass about three months after that Judah was told, saying, Tomorrow your daughter-in-law has played the harlot. Furthermore, she is with child by harlotry. So Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. Right? You can just imagine this. So think about this. He had relations with the prostitute. And now he wants his daughter-in-law, who he finds out is pregnant because she was a prostitute for a moment, got and, and got pregnant. So he wants her to be burned. He doesn't hold himself accountable. He's trying to hold her accountable, right? That's wrong. Let's look at John 8, 7. So it says, So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is it without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stood, stooped down and wrote on the ground, and those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Right? So this is looking like at that, where these guys wanted to uh, kill the adulteress. And um, Jesus, you know, wrote something on the ground. Maybe he was writing their names and basically saying, You're a sinner. You've committed adultery. Here's your sins. Whatever it was, they were like, All right, we, I, I see my sin now. A lot of time when we see our sin on someone else, it really affects us. And subconsciously, we may not even understand why. But a lot of time when we see sin in someone else that we have the same struggle, that same sin struggle, boy, it burns us alive. And that's because either consciously or subconsciously, we know that that's something that we're doing and we don't like about ourselves and we want it changed. So right here, Judah's saying, let her be burned and uh, we're going to see what happens. So 25. So when she was brought out, she sent to her father-in-law saying, By the man to whom these belong, I am with child. And she said, Please determine whose these are, the signet, the cord, and staff. So remember, when he came to hire her to be his prostitute, he, he didn't have any money. He didn't have the goat. So he was like, I'll send you a goat. And she was like, give me a down payment, you know, like a pawn shop or something. You got to give me something that's important to you. And it's not of monetary value to me. It's it's pretty useless. Like, I can't do anything with your sign it. I can't do anything really with your cord. And I don't care about your staff. She just knows that uh, she's going to have him um, in the place that she needs him to be, which is an uh, objects that identify him and place him at the scene of the crime, if you will, right? The sin crime, if you will. And so he's like, nope, she's got to be burned. She's a prostitute. And she's like, um, really? So the one whose child is inside of me is the one whose staff, whose signet, and whose staff I am currently holding. And he knows immediately. He's like, oh, wow. 
She played me. She got me. I'm nailed. Wow. She got me. She's smart. And I am completely 100% busted. So 26. So Judah acknowledged them and said, she has been more righteous than I, because I did not give her to Shelah, my son, and he never knew her again. So what he's saying is, shame on me. Now that I've been busted, I'm fessing up. And I should have given her Shayla, my son. I shouldn't have had relations with my daughter-in-law. I shouldn't have had relations with the prostitute. I should have just given my daughter-in-law to my son, which was the custom under the Leverett marriage uh, back in those days. You can actually see it in Deuteronomy, uh, that if a, a, a widow or a lady, a wife becomes a widow, then she is to marry the brother-in-law or, or the brother of the one who passed away, and they would have a child, and that child would be considered the child of the deceased husbands. Um, so Judah doesn't confess all this until he's, until he's busted. So one thing I want us to understand is there's some, if there's something that you need to confess, there's something in your past, do it. At a minimum, do it with God. Confess. Ask Him to help you to, to you know, forgive you and move forward. And if there's someone that you need to, if someone's still alive or something, you need to go to confess to them, then do it. Or if in the future you get... You know, you, you find yourself in a situation where you're not being honest. There's deception, there's lie, there's something. Then just fess up to it, own it, right? Have that accountability. And see if you can find someone in your life with whom you can be accountable, whether it's a pastor, a friend, a, a trusted uh, Christ follower, of course. And uh, But a lot of people just aren't comfortable you know, sharing their deepest secrets or their hurts or something that makes them vulnerable. So I pray that anybody listening to this would be willing to make themselves more vulnerable. I promise it's beneficial. It's something that I have learned and put into practice as I have aged and matured in Christ. It's not something I used to do. I used to hold everything inside. I didn't want anybody to know any of my weaknesses. And now I'm you know, very willing to, to share my weaknesses with people, very willing to confide in certain people and ask them for prayer or help or guidance or counsel or whatever it is. And uh, it's something I can still yet to get better with. But he, here, Judah, he only fesses after he's busted, right? All right, 27. Now it came to pass at the time for giving birth that behold, twins were in her womb. And so it was when she was giving birth that the one put out his hand and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, saying, This one came out first. Then it happened, as he drew back his hand, that his brother came out unexpectedly. And she said, How did you break through? This breach be upon you. Therefore his name was called Perez. Afterward his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zerah. Okay, she's having twins. The first one reaches out, and they throw the scarlet thread around him. This is a picture of Jesus. The baby here has scarlet on him just as Jesus was covered with scarlet-colored blood. Then the baby went into the womb, back into the womb, just as Jesus went into the tomb. And then the baby reappeared, just as Jesus would later reappear in his post-death resurrection. You see, Jesus is everywhere in the Old Testament. People are like, oh, I don't see Jesus in the New Testament. Let's skip forward and only watch the New, read the New Testament. No, he's everywhere, and that's also why... The Jewish people, if you will, have no excuse for saying, we didn't know Jesus. You didn't tell. Yes, every chapter of the Old Testament points to Jesus, some more plainly and clearly than others, but they all do. And I challenge you to read a chapter and, and, and see if Jesus is not in it. You will find him. And if you don't, ask someone around you. 
They can show you where Jesus is. Go back, go listen to all the podcasts that we'll do in Genesis. You'll see pointing to Jesus. Go, we'll go through the rest of the Old Testament too. You'll see pointing to Jesus. So this is really cool here, this picture of Jesus. Now we'll go ahead and start getting into chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an army of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. That's exactly why the Ishmaelites took him from Judah's brothers, because they wanted to profit from him. They were um, part of the slave trade. They were part of the kidnapping. They wanted to profit from it, and uh, it's exactly what they were doing. And they're going to sell him to Egyptian. Uh, Egypt is a picture of the, the flesh. And there's a lot of fleshly stuff that goes on in Egypt. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Wait, just stop right there. The Lord was with Joseph. Hold on. Joseph was thrown into a pit. He was supposed to be killed. Then they're like, nah, let's just throw him a pit. Lie to dad. Say he was killed. Let's sell him to these slave traders. And yet it says the Lord was with Joseph. Do you understand that? Do you understand how deep that is? Right? Because if, if we get, you know, a stubbed toe, we're like, where are you, God? We break an arm. Like, oh, where were you, God? I mean, I needed you. Why would you let me go through this? We lose a job. We have financial problems. We have struggles in our marriage. Someone gets sick near us with cancer or dies, and we're like, there is no God. Why? God would be here. A loving God would not allow this to happen. God is not with me, right? That's because you have the wrong idea of a God. You have this little G God in your brain that's going back to Greek mythology thinking they're just going to step in and you know make everything right for you and perfect for you. That's not how God works. That's not how he operates because very few people who have uh, almost everything going on right there in their lives actually turn to Jesus. How do we know that? Look at people who are successful in Hollywood and, and financially and New York and these hedge fund managers and all that stuff. I would say the vast majority of them don't know Jesus, have problems in their marriages, have a problem with joy, uh, have problems understanding and appreciating the, the, uh, life, and they're just too focused on themselves. But right here, he was being sold into slavery, and it says the Lord was with Joseph. No matter what you're going through, know that the Lord is with you. God is sovereign. He's going to cause things to happen. He's going to allow things to happen. But you and your free will have the opportunity to turn to him. And, and the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He died on the cross with his arms spread as if to say, I'm here with my arms wide open. Come and hug me. Embrace me. And I will cover you. I will clothe you in my blood. I will clothe you in this robe of righteousness. And God will declare you to be holy at that point because when he looks at you, he sees me. Perfection. And that's Jesus, right? So... Awesome stuff. We're going to get uh, get into this more, uh, starting again with verse 2 tomorrow. Lord, thank you so much. Uh, help us to know that you are with us, that you never leave us. Uh, you will never leave us nor forsake us, and, and you didn't come to uh, condemn us, Lord. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Help us to know that all things work together for good to those who love you. Help us to know what the enemy intends for evil, you intend for good. Help us to understand these deep theological concepts, but reality. Help us not to focus on the past or the future, but on the present. Help us to love you with all our heart, to trust that you're there, to just turn to you and turn our fear into faith. Lord, we ask that you help us turn our fear into faith because we can't do it on our own. In your amazing name, amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar. 
theportfoliopertectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.